I've uh, spent the last three days out of town. Uh, I've been in Columbus uh, with Pastor Gary's company, Forward Financial Group. And it's, it's a company, it's, it's an amazing company, helps people get out of debt uh, for free. So everybody loves for free. Uh, so that's cool. But, uh, you know, I spent three days uh, <laughs> in, in, a, in an office and I, I couldn't even sleep last night. I kept waking up thinking I, they started the session without me. And, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, okay, it's over. Okay, it's over. And I mean, and, and it was 9 to 9 Thursday, 9 to 9 Saturday. It was just fast class training, and, and the company's taken a, a great explosive turn and all that. And so um, we felt the Lord wanting me to go back. And Pastor Gary, when he was here, he was very happy. He wants me to come back. And so it's all good. And that, anyway, in this class, and, you know, 9 to 9, that's a long day. And, you know, you go, and then they, they, you break for an hour and all that stuff, or an hour and a half or whatever for lunch they let us. And, and so um, I am been paired up with the guy that I'm going to work with, which is actually my son's father-in-law, Hannah's dad. And he's the, been with the company probably longer than anybody, and he knows all the ins and outs of good. So him and I are paired together. So his name's Johnny, and so they, they're, we're PB and J. But, you know, we're in this meeting, and it's just long, and it's getting towards lunchtime. And so we're texting, you know, like we should be in a meeting. <laughs> so I'm sorry. But, I mean, I'm just like, you know, it's kind of in this lull, and there, he's talking to somebody, came up and had a question. So I'm like, hey, dude, where, where do you want to go to eat? And he said, I don't care. Where do you want to go? Well, we're in Columbus. There's all kinds of places to eat. And I said, well, I've been kind of, you know, I've been eating a little more clean, so I'd kind of, you know, uh, like that. And I said, what about you? He's, so he sends me this thing, and it just, you ever get something, and you weren't expecting it, and it just made me start laughing out. It was all I could do to just not, <laughs> just didn't expect it. He said, I went to the doctor, got a physical the other day, and the doctor said, don't eat anything, fatty. And he said, you mean like burgers and bacon? The doctor said, no, fatty, don't eat anything. I lost it. I'm in this meeting. I am trying not to laugh. And it's just, oh, my goodness, so much fun. Uh, you know, that just broke. It was just so, so it, was, it was really, it's a good, it was fun, good time. Well, well needed. God doing all kinds of great stuff. All right. Well, anyway, we've been talking about glow in the dark. Um, and so this series has gone on for a little while. We've got at least two more weeks here. Uh, we're going to talk about the power gifts next week and then the inspiration gifts the week after. Today is the revelation gifts, but isn't it interesting that we live in a world that if anything we need, we need answers. We're a people that is, we just want answers. So how does this work? Show me how to do it. We're, America is hungry for answers. Somebody loses a mega bunch of weight. How'd you do it? Somebody catches a bunch of fish. Where'd you catch them? The last thing you want to know is in the water. Duh. We know we caught them in the water. How'd you lose weight? Didn't eat. Duh. Well, you know, what was, how did you do this? So we want answers. We're, we're living in a time where we have the internet at the click of a button. Man, you can have, you can, Google can be your best friend. I'm here to tell you this morning that God is much bigger and badder than Google. Not badder in a bad way, but like, you know what I'm talking about. He's got his swag going on. Is that right? If it isn't, just pretend it is. Okay, so we're going to talk about revelation gifts this morning. I'm going to give you a lot of information. And, but here's, what, here's my heart. I want you to know what the Bible says. Come on. 
what the Bible says, not what man says. I guarantee you in this whole series, in all of what we're doing, there will never be a time when I will tell you this is how you hold snakes. Not going to happen here. Some of you are like, thank God. Others are like, doggone it. <laughs> no, you're not saying it. Not going to happen. We're gonna, I want to show you what the Bible says so that you know what God says about these gifts and so that you can see when they're functioning and you have an idea what's going on. Now, they're so amazing that they're, many times they, they're linked together. They're, you know, it's like a couple things are happening at the same time. But we're going to go through that. So we're going to talk about the uh, revelation gifts. And in those are three. These are groups of three. There's nine gifts. We laid foundation last week. There's nine gifts. I want to say let's give a shout out to the people watching online. Online people, we love you. <laughs> I forgot to do that last week. And my buddy Chase said, I'm going to do that next week. So thank you, Chase. And we're going to talk about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. We're going to cover all three of those today. So we're going to look at those. And these revelation gifts, God reveals information supernaturally to a man or a woman. Information that comes from outside of their natural resources. Outside their natural resources. Their natural processes. What their minds did not think of. What their ears did not hear. What their eyes did not see. Let's pray real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the opportunity just to get behind the sacred desk and be able to teach what you want me to teach. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. We start seeing these as we walk. It's not weird. It's just God downloading information. He's just trying to help you in your walk. Come on. He wants you to get from point A to get to Z. We have a lot of people that want to just breach from A to whatever because they just want the fast way. It can't be just me. We want the cliff notes. I don't want to have to do this. Just how do I get that? I don't want to have to not eat. I just want the fat to go away. So, but we live in a society that wants that, but God wants you to get this. Now, I was in Walmart. This has been years ago. I was in Walmart, and this is, I'm just going to give you an example of how some of this is starting to work. And I'm, I, I check out at Walmart. And I'm starting to leave, and the Lord speaks to me inside. Now, this wasn't outside. This was inside. In other words, people say, well, what does God sound like? He sounds like you. Because it's your conscience connected to God, your spirit. And this is, what, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, a man's about to come up to you. He's going to ask you for money. He's going to ask you for a quarter, and then some money past that. And then he's going to tell you he's hypoglycemic. Now, I'm just saying, on my best day, I'm lucky to say hypoglycemic, let alone even know exactly what hypoglycemic means. But I get done, check out Walmart, start to walk out. This dude comes up to me, do you have a quarter? And I'm like, uh, I, I really, I, I, and I didn't have any change. Well, do you have some other money? Boing, boing. I'm hypoglycemic. And he goes on to tell me a story and all that. I began to be like, God, that's amazing. Because there's no way on my own knowledge I'd look at him and go, you're hypoglycemic. You need a quarter. We weren't near Aldi. Got to have a quarter for the cart. So all of this stuff starting to happen. So here we go. We're going to unpack this together. Let's talk about the word of wisdom. 
The gift of the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of the divine purposes of God. It's divine communication, a message to the church from God given by the Holy Spirit through a believer. And this gift, God gives a small segment, a piece of information from his vast storehouse of wisdom. So you're getting a, a word, not everything, but you're getting a piece of the puzzle. Are we, do we understand? Okay. It has to do that which is unborn or in the future. Okay? So it's something that hasn't happened or going to happen. When God gives a word of wisdom, he's revealing something that has yet to come to pass. Every prophet in the Bible possessed this gift. Prophets who live today also have this gift. It shows in part the purposes of God on the earth. So it is a segment of something that God wants to do or something that hasn't happened yet. He's, he's showing you something. Paul puts it this way. 1 Corinthians 2, 7. The wisdom, no, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. See, the word of wisdom involves speaking about the hidden things we would not normally or naturally know. In other words, God will give you a segment, a word of something. There's no way you would have known that. There's no way you could have known that in your own natural way. Just like that, you're hypoglycemic, right? And I'm Irish and I, I can dance a jig. No, I'm not. I would not have known that. There's no way I would have known that. Sometimes we can look at somebody and make a judgment call. Can I just say there are people out there that look like they've been sleeping under a bridge and are probably millionaires. But by looking at them, we'd go, oh, they don't have anything. They might have a lot of things. So you can't always judge a book by its cover. We get that. God is revealing something that we wouldn't normally or naturally know. It's, it's not just the gift of wisdom. It is the word of wisdom. It's a piece of the total wisdom of God. A portion of the whole puzzle. A segment. Now understand when a person gets a word of wisdom... In a certain situation, it doesn't mean that the person that got it is now a genius in everything. They are not all of a sudden Albert Einstein. They are not the, um, the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. Now here's a diploma. You know, it, it doesn't work. They can still be who they are. It's just in that moment of time, in that particular instant, God said, Bam. And they were able to do something that was past them. So you can be a brainiac or not the sharpest knife in the drawer and still be used by the gift. So sometimes, see, we just think people have to look a certain way. Don't we do that in America? We like people because if they're pretty. They're, I mean, man or woman, they're pretty. Oh, they're good looking. They're Ken and Barbie. But you get somebody up there with some zits and some sags here and there. We don't like that. And God, if he can use a donkey, can I say he could use me and he could use you? He, all, he, all, he always uses people. But the enemy has a counterfeit. Fortune tellers, psychics, horoscopes. Some of y'all, oh, it's just be careful. If you put stock in that stuff, I understand. Well, I, I put stock in. You know how I know? Because I got this fortune cookie. 
got it at House of Hunan, and by gumption, look, it says, I will marry someone beautiful. You're really going to put all your stock in a fortune cookie. Now, people ask, you know, there'll be some people, I won't open that fortune cookie. We don't put any stock in a fortune cookie. You know what I want? I want the cookie. Will I, will I read the thing in there? Yeah, do I put any stock in it? No. Do I care if I read it? I really don't care whether I read it or don't because I don't, I don't believe anything in it. Come on. So you, you just, you know, we can, we can still live and you can go to Chinese restaurants so you can still get a fortune cookie. But don't, don't oh, I got to find out. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a unicorn. That's not even one of those, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> the church. <laughs> what if the church was moving in the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits? We'd have no need for 1-900-psychic. We'd have no need for Ouija boards, tea leaf readers, palm readers, black magic, witchcraft. We'd have no need for that. Because if we were connected to the body with, with Christ and let God download things, we would find out amazing things. Some of the stuff you're going through that you're like, oh, all worked up about. What if God said, it'll be okay? Can you believe? I mean, think about it. We're going to get into some of this stuff, but just think about Abraham. Abraham, God said, you're going to have a kid. Abraham looked and said... But it said he didn't even, if God said it, that's all he cared about. He didn't even care what grandma thought. We're going to have us a baby. He didn't consider what he saw in his natural self. Because he had got a segment from God. The church needs to step up. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that's best of all. So through the, the word of God's wisdom, God makes us wise to the future, and we know what's going to take place. We don't have to worry about some stuff if we just ask God. Now, there's trust involved. You know, God doesn't always tell you every detail, but he might just drop this a segment of something that's going to happen and so that you'll know. And you'll be like, okay, I get it. So we don't need to worry. That, we used to have that phrase, let go and let God. Boy, that's sometimes hard to do, isn't it? It's okay if we can tell somebody else, you better let go and let God. But when it's in your world, you better not tell me to let go and let God. I'll give you something. I'll let go and let you get out of here. We get all upset when it's in our, but we need to let God do what he needs to do. God always works through headship. Now, that's if the headship stays connected, and I get it. So you got to stay connected because God used people that got unconnected, and there people that were, or used people that were connected at the bottom for the person that was unconnected at the top and said, here, here's what God's saying, and, and got the thing right. Because you can look at a story of somebody telling a king that. I'm not going to reveal all of that, but I'm just saying. So you got to stay connected. But there have been times we've pastored in different places, and, you know, we went in and we had to do some stuff and God had told us to do this and this and this. And I had somebody come up and said, you know what, this is what's going to happen. This is going to happen like this, going to like this and like this and like this. God had already told me what was going to happen. And I said, no. And they said, oh, yeah, that's, how, that's the way it's going to go down. And I said, no, it's going to go like this. It's going to go like this. And in two weeks, this is going to happen. And they said, no. I said, let's just let it play out and let's see. And it happened just 
Now, it's not because I'm me, but because God had already told me. So it happened just as I said. Why? Because it was just a segment. Did I know exactly all the details? I didn't have to know the details because he's God. I just trust him. He wants to tell me details. I'm good with that. But if he just says, I got this, will you just get your hands off of it? You know, God has told my wife before, would you stop hindering me? Because she was getting too concerned about stuff. And God says, I want to do it, but you need to let me do it. A segment. This gift was used by God in the Old Testament. People like Noah, Ezekiel, Daniel, David, Joel, Isaiah. Noah, God tells Noah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain. It had never, I mean, we can't even, we know it rains now, don't we? <laughs> We've had two days of no rain and everybody's going, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of nice you can actually mow your yard instead of swim in it. Hopefully, if it stays dry. But, I mean, he tells Noah, it's going to rain. It had never rained on the earth before. I need you to build a boat. You know how much ridicule Noah got for building something that people are like, what are you doing? Are you nuts? It's going to rain. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And how many years that took to happen, and all of those things had to come together, and everything happened just as God said. Paul used this gift as well. At one point, he was in the middle of an angry mob, and they were either going to stone him, kill him, throw him off a cliff or something, and God spoke to him and said, you're going to testify about me in Rome. Now listen to what I'm trying to tell you. Paul hadn't been to Rome yet, so that segment, that word, told him, I ain't dying here because I'm going to Rome. So he could take that to the bank and be like, this is not my end. How's it manifested? The Holy Spirit can bring the word of wisdom in many ways. To Joseph, it was interpreting dreams of the future, and he was just 17. Daniel received wisdom by night vision. Ezekiel was caught away in the spirit for a revelation. John was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day, and the entire book of Revelation flashed before him. See, it's not, God doesn't have the set way of dealing. He's going to use you and your personality, what works, what he knows, the things he's put in you. But he'll, he'll let you know the things that you need to know. The wisdom that he'll give you will uncover mysteries, and you'll be able to act accordingly. It doesn't always function the same way every time. I know what you're thinking, but Brett, what about prophecy? Come on, PB, what about prophecy? Let's look at their differences. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 and 4. One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So the difference is there's no revelation needed with it. It's for edification, comfort, and you know, for the body itself. We, just, we need to understand, at least have a general understanding of what is going on. When it involves the future, they speak out. The gift moves from prophecy to wisdom. And this is where things can be so tightly linked. They can work in the prophetic. Unfortunately, in the church, we've had a lot of people that work in the pathetic. Thank you. But it, it, they, they're so linked, so close. So many things, there are dominoes that will happen, that, that wisdom that comes, the, the knowledge that comes, the prophetic that comes. They, they, they work with each other. The prophets in both Old and New Testament were known as a seer. They could see into the future and possess the gift of wisdom to tell the future. So let's go to the next one, the word of knowledge. Let's, let's look at that one together. We can say it this way. It's the gift of the word of, of God's knowledge. It's not man's knowledge at all. 
it's not dealing with man's brain. It's God's knowledge. The word knowledge is related to the fact if it's knowledge, it's not a mystery. If we can say, oh, this is what I know, here's this, then it's not a mystery. We already have that knowledge. This gift deals with what already exists, whether it's in the past or the present. This is where God can reveal to one of his servants something which now exists or did exist on the earth. Sometimes you may have something where you're just going to God and he reveals by knowledge something that will bring comfort to you. Does that make sense? Of something that you've been in despair about or something that's happened or whatever. He can bring knowledge for healing. He can do all, again, so tightly linked. So many examples of the gift in the Old Testament. Elijah, Elisha, Samuel. In the New Testament, how about the woman at the well? Jesus goes and she wants a drink. He says, let me tell you what's going on here. This is how many times you've been married. This is what you're doing right now. And she's like, and she runs and tells everybody, this guy just read my mail. Man, you got to come see this guy. Peter and Cornelius. Think about what God did with Peter. And if you remember the, the cloth and all the things that were clean and unclean and all. I mean, think about that knowledge and wisdom and all of those linked together. <clears throat> Let me explain some things. So I've shared this story, but I, I, the Lord wants me to share it again. We started this church from scratch. It's independent, non-denominational. If you're, if you're here today visiting, we're so glad you're with us. I, you know, uh, I was in a denominational church. I was ordained in the Assemblies of God. And uh, I, I'm not against the Assemblies of God. I just got really tired of politics and religion. Um, and so, anyway, good, good fellowship. I'm, I'm not cracking on them. I'm just, this is where the Lord has us now. And we're very happy with that. But I was on staff at a church in Dayton. And, uh, and I was used as what, what I was told was I was the most assistant pastor or I had preached the most more than any other assistant pastor in the history of that church since, uh, since we had been there and since the church's inception as an assistant pastor. The pastor used me a lot on that. And he was a pastor that I learned a lot of, of some stuff of what to do and what not to do. And life is like that, isn't it? You know, sometimes you learn good and then you learn, you, you go through something that wasn't so good, but you go... I know now I can see the difference and I know what I'm not going to do. I get it. So anyway, all that being said, he could come up to me at 5 to 6 if the service that night was at 6 and said, guess what, you're preaching, just wanted to tell you. Wizards, five minutes. And I'd be, ah, oh, and he did that to me more than once. So I, I learned quick enough that I would grab a couple, three messages that I hadn't preached and I'd just kind of stick them uh, in my arsenal, if you know what I'm saying. So if he ever did that, Lord, which one do you want me to speak? Unless you've got something else, I'll do one of these. And I'd be ready. This particular time, he didn't do that. He had said, I want you to speak, and it was on a Sunday night. Let me just explain how this went down. In that auditorium, there was two sections like you have right here. On the section right here, uh, that would be between this and Aunt Evelyn back there, and going back to uh, the back and guys in the back, would be an accordion. You know, one of those things that you could click, you know, they just open or shut, and, and over here did the same thing. And what they did was they wouldn't open those until this got filled. See, that's, you know, and, and every preacher always likes it if they got to open the doors. Because that means not that more people get to hear you, but then 
if you really have a good heart for the Lord, it's like, yes, more gospel gets to go out. So that, you know, really, that should be our motivation. And what happened was I went early, which is normal. And so I went about 4 o'clock, and I went into this side. It was already closed off. Nobody was there at the church, just me. I was the only car in the parking lot. The sound wasn't on. Accordions draw. I'm sitting over on this side, probably kind of like where Zoe's sitting or, or maybe where uh, Gary and, you know, in that area. And I'm sitting there. And, and I've got my Bible out. I know what I'm, I was going to pe- speak on faith or something like that. And, and I hear this deep man's weeping. Just, I mean, and it's audible. Now, this isn't the first time God has talked to me audibly. He's done it before. But for the most part, he's always spoken to me just like he would speak to anybody. And that doesn't mean I'm, I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips. So please don't get out of that, that. I didn't tell God to talk to me or not to talk to me. Okay, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. So anyway, so this isn't about, we're all God's kids if we, so how many understand that? So please don't, I'm not better than you, okay? So anyway, I'm, I'm there and I hear this deep, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it kind of freaks me out. So I get up and I'm thinking somebody came in and I go out of the door, accordion thing, there's nobody there. All the lights are off. There's nobody there. The sound is off. I look in the sound room. I look. I'm the only car in the parking lot. Nobody's in the bathroom. The, it has a, you know, this happened twice. I go back in. It starts again. I get up. I go look. I can't find anybody. And then it's just like if you've seen Spider-Man and all the hairs on his arm go. Whoo. So all my hairs are starting to do a break dance. And I realized this it takes me a while. <laughs> this is God. And I don't, nobody told me this. I don't know how and why I decided. I just slid off the pew and went down on my knees and put my head down on the ground. Nobody said, thou shalt put us thy head on thy carpet. I just felt like I got to get low. And I got down, and this is what the voice said. This is his voice. I can't do his voice, but I'll just tell you. He said, my people don't know how to worship me. That was his exact words. Now, I wasn't going to preach on worship. And I had been there praying and just going over my notes. The service was at 6. I'm going to say this happened about 5, 4.30-ish, quarter to 5. And uh, so I just stayed there kind of in his presence. And people started filing in, you know, 5.30, you know, people coming to church. And in, in this church... The pastor always had us sit up on the platform. And so in this church, the pulpit would be here, and there were a couple smaller pews where the staff people already sat there. I hated that. Because, you know, if you sit on the platform, everybody sees it if you pick your nose. You can't, you, if you nod off, everybody's like, look, pee-pee's going to sleep. You can't do anything up there. Everybody's watching you. You got to be careful, and if you know if the if the speaker goes on and on, you're you if you start rolling your eyes, you're like, dear Jesus, strike him with lightning, something. You know, you just so I I never liked that, but this is what's happening. True story. I'm looking out, and everybody in the auditorium, everybody is like watching an Andy Griffith uh, series. Everybody is the whole building is in black and white. There is it's completely black and white. And three people are in vivid living color. Just three. They're, they're just like, like a peacock standing out. In the, and I mean, I'm rubbing my eyes and I'm, 
like, wow. I keep rubbing them. Kim's looking at me. She's sitting like down where she's now. And she's like, what's going on? Everything black and white but three people in color. And the Lord spoke to me inside and said, I have something to say. And I knew he wanted to say something to those three people. And I grabbed, this is back in the day where you didn't have everything on your phone and you actually wrote your calendar down on your day timer. So I grabbed that, oh, what do you got to say? I'm going to take me, he's like, you don't have time. And then the pastor said, and now Pastor Brett's coming to give the message. And so I'm just like, I mean, I'm still shaking from, now you got a picture just about 45 minutes before that to an hour before that, my people don't know how to worship me. And then I'm, and I'm like, woo. So, so I come up to, and I'm ready to preach. And what I preached on was this. I started preaching on worship and I started talking about Abraham and Isaac. And worship started with Abraham and Isaac. If you look at that account, God had already told Abraham what was going to happen. He was where he was taking Isaac, his son. And Abraham, worship started not when they went up the mountain. Worship started when Abraham started chopping the wood and getting things ready to go. Come on. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you right now. This is just a little side nugget. Worship starts not when you get here and Mallory says, okay, let's stand. Worship starts when, like for my wife, when Saturday comes, she's ironing the clothes, getting ready for church. Worship starts where she's getting ready for things to happen. Worship starts when you're in the shower. Maybe, it's, maybe you sing. Maybe it's not pretty. I don't know. But that's when it starts. It's before you ever get here. You get the attitude. When you hit the parking lot, man, I can't wait to get in there. We get to corporately worship our God. So I preached on that. And at the end of the message, I knew I was supposed to go to those three people that were in color. Can I tell you this? I had no idea what I was going to say. Red Rover, Red Rovers, and the three people. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm literally, I'm like, this is all. And I knew I was supposed to go talk to him. So I went down. The lady was sitting kind of like where Pastor Kim is in that section. And I said, can I pray with you? And she was an older woman, and she said, yes. And she stood up, and I, I knew nothing of what I was going to say till she stood up. When she stood up in, in, in the spirit, in my mind, I could see just like if you've ever seen on TV the, the Dow Jones or Stock Exchange and this ticket, ticker tape goes across and, the, and all that. That's what I could see. And so it has words on it. I do remember starting to think, what the, and the Lord's like, read it out loud. So then I'm like, oh, and so I, you know, takes me a minute, you know. So I'm reading it out loud to her, and I told her what she had done in the last three days, what had been just going on with her kids and with her family, what had happened, and, and what God was saying, and that there were, the kids would rise up and call her blessed. I remember saying that, and I got that out, and she looked at me, and she didn't fall left, right, back, or whatever. She just, now, not that, if you remember the Wicked Witch on, on The Wizard of Oz, nah, she just went straight down. This lady was not a Wicked Witch. I'm just saying, she went straight down, just kind of like, there's ushers that were like, well, she started doing this. True story. Usher went to grab, to, to catch her, and I grabbed her and the usher touch the usher. The usher goes, bam. And then she's falling. I'm grabbing her. And another usher comes to grab. I help him. Bam. And he falls. And another usher comes. And I'm like, wait. And I just put my hand out. Bam. And the usher goes, what are you doing? Like, 
I don't know. So then I went to the other person. Nothing. I said, can I pray for you? They said, yes. They stood up. That's the only time that's ever happened to me that way that I can remember. The ticker tape type thing. And I said to them stuff that I shouldn't know. It was just, I mean, it wasn't stuff that would embarrass them. It wasn't, God's not there to humiliate you, okay? He loves you. He's not there to make a mockery out of you. How many understand that? He loves you more than anything. But what happened was just stuff that they were going through, that the Lord said this, and this is what happened. Matter of fact, within an hour and something beforehand, yada, 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 you know, and I, I just said that, prayed for them, over the went. Now, before I go any further, some of you are already probably like, if he prays for me, do that, does that mean I have to fall over? No. We get all hung up on whether people fall or whether they stand. I've seen God heal people that stayed standing and were just as healed as anybody that fell over. Because it's not in the falling. You know what the falling is? The falling is basically this. Your body is human. There is so much God going on. There's so much glory going on. There's so much power going on. Your body, you ever seen somebody in a wind tunnel and their cheeks are like, that's kind of what's going on, only it's the power of God hitting your body and your body's like, I cannot take anymore. That's all that is. It's not freaky. It's just like, could you stand? Sometimes you could stand, but sometimes it's just easier to go down. Other times it's so strong you can't stand. But can I just say, if God wants to put you on the ground, just let him put you on the ground. He's not going to hurt you. I watched God, I watched God take a She probably about 78, maybe. Prayed for her. Blew my mind. Blew. She just goes back just like, you know, I mean, 78, you didn't expect her to be like, but she's like going back like slow as Moses type going back. There's people ready to catch her. Or no, nobody was ready. Nobody was there to catch her because I didn't expect it. it. She went down in slow motion and she got to the pew and the pew goes, and she went, and the pew goes, and I was like, and I looked up to think, okay, that's wackadoo. Did anybody else see that? And there are several people like, did you see that pew? Did you see the pew just opened up? And she just went, did you see that? And I'm like, okay, it's not me. I'm not nuts. What I'm saying is it's not in whether you're good, but I'm just saying God wants only good things for you. So anyway, um, it's not in the falling. If you, if you need to go down, it's just God's glory is so heavy that your body can't take it. That's all it is. Nothing for you to be scared about. Think about when Jesus said, hey, are you the one? He goes, I am he, and all the soldiers are like, now they're not even saved, but there's just too much glory going on there. Their physical body is like, okay, I'm out. The next person I go to, same of the three, and then we'll get this thing going a little bit quicker. I was able to tell him his name. I'd never seen him before. His kid's name, his kid's age, what had just happened with him and his boy, the stuff that was going on, and that God was going to sew this all back together or something like that. His face was just ashen white. It was an amazing service. People started coming out of everywhere just to get prayer. And God was, some of them stayed standing. Most of them did not. There were probably 50-some people laying here and there and everywhere. And, and to this day, I was just like, 
I don't even know. That was the service. I had a kid run down the aisle, and I, and I went to say, I just told an usher, I said, bring him up, we'll pray for him, and went like that, and the kid went back three or four feet and hit the ground, just almost like I was a Jedi. For real, that's the closest I could ever tell you of the force. Force it was. But it wasn't mine. And, and I was almost like, these things are armed, and I don't even know how I armed them. It was just God using gifts, doing amazing things. People talked about that service for years. I'm sure they're probably, if you were in that service, we're still talking about for the time that we were there, we heard about it and heard about it over and over again. So let's go on to the last one, the discerning of spirits. Here's what it is not. This gift is no, has no relationship in which, the, uh, which is natural. It's not mind reading. It's not ESP. It has nothing to do really with the realm of your mind. Some people claim, I have the gift of discernment. I did a little study. That gift's not in there. Technically, there is no such gift. It is not the discernment of things, but the discernment of spirits. Now, again, we're going to go back to how things are linked. Okay? So we're going to talk about how God can, you know, some of these are amazingly close. There are areas in which this gift can operate. It can operate in the divine, obviously, the demonic, and then the human or the natural. It isn't just so that one can identify devils. It's divinely comprehending and understanding the human spirit or the spirit the person possesses. Okay? It, it is like being able to go, this person, you're able to see if they are operating under the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Are we on the same page? So that's what, this isn't about reading a mind. This isn't, um, let, me, let me go on. Um, it's not a, a clash of human personalities. Uh, it isn't the gift of suspicion. People operate in that gift a lot. <laughs> they think, I guess, or they make that up. Suspecting a person as being a certain way when they are not that way at all. Here's what it is and what it does. It is the divine ability to see the presence and activity of a spirit that motivates a human being, whether good or bad. It comes through the functioning of the Holy Spirit. That's how the church gets it. It gives us insight into the spirit world. It gives us things that when we'll, we'll know this is something that's operating that is demonic or this is something that is godly. Now, there are times that things have happened that were godly that I did not feel comfortable with. But because I'm not comfortable doesn't mean it's not godly. Are, are you understanding? There's things that I didn't get and I just was not comfortable with, but yet I knew it was God. But it was, I was out of my comfort zone. Some of you, and when we talk about tongues or we talk about speaking in tongues or we talk about any of these gifts, you're already way past your comfort zone. The purpose of this is so that we have a foundation so that you know that as your pastors and as we lead this, we are not going to let somebody come in here and just do anything they want. Not on my watch. I want them to do whatever the Bible says or what God says, yes, but we can't do any of that if we don't have any idea what it is. Comes to the church through the functioning of the Holy Spirit, gives us the insight into the spirit world. Our five physical senses aren't really able to go there, but it helps us dividing the soul and the spirit within a person. It guards us against false doctrine and false teachers. 
You, don't, you really, you know, I mean, it's great to have a pastor. I mean, if something comes in and something's going on, it's like if you were watching, if, if I was watching you, you'd be like watching a tennis match. If I was watching, say if I had, and Kim has seen me do this. I don't do this anymore. I had somebody come just on recommendation from somebody else, not here, because I haven't done it anymore, because I learned. Just because somebody recommends somebody doesn't always mean that's the good thing. I want to hear from God. I want to make sure they're there because God wants them to be there. But if something is going awry and it doesn't seem like in, something in your spirit will start being like, ooh, I don't know. When you start feeling uncomfortable, doesn't mean that it's not of God, but it does. you need to be led by peace. That's when people will look at the pastor and be like, okay, what's he doing? Because if he's okay or he lets it go on, then I'm going to trust him. Do you understand what covering is? That's why we have a headship. We have Gary and Drenda Cassie. They're our covering. So we, we work in the realms of that cover for protection. So we need to understand when it comes to some of this stuff, you're going to look at me and I'm going to cover you. Don't worry. I will, if this gets out, I will take care of it. You're going to have to trust me to do that. You have to trust Pastor Kim to do that. <laughs> This, this discerning of spirits is an amazing gift. Um, so let's look at an example in the Bible, and then we'll finish this thing out. A great example is Ananias and Sapphira. They knew that Barnabas was popular in the church by selling all he had, and he gave it to the church, gave an enormous amount to the church. Ananias and Sapphira wanted to be popular, so they sold everything. Of course, they told everybody, we're going to give it all to the church. We're going to do all this, and we're going to give a big chunk to the church. When they gathered all the money, they thought, boy, that's a lot of money. They decided to keep some of it. So when Ananias told Peter about it, he said, we're going to take all this money and give it to the church. And Peter questions him and says, all. And he said, yeah, we're going to give it all. But they'd already decided and made plans and done and taken part of it. Now, Peter, this is a great instance where Peter, is, he, he understands baseball. He's going to give him three strikes and he's out. So Peter gives him three chances to come clean with this. Are you, all of the money, all of the money. After three strikes, he doesn't come clean. He falls down dead. They haul him outside. They bury him outside. His wife, Sapphira, comes in, and she comes in, and, and she goes through the same thing. Yeah, we, Ananias and I, she doesn't know, you know anything that happened to him. Yeah, we're going to give all the money. All the money? Yep, all the money. They'd already, again, had already done and, and tried to, to get away with something else, and she falls down dead. I don't want that to be happening here, do you? <laughs> I mean, whew, some of that's pretty strict. But what I'm telling you is in discerning a spirit, it is a great way to clean house. How many knows that God wants a church that's clean? Now, he knows you're not perfect, but through Christ, you can, you can walk forgiven, you can walk blessed, you can, you can walk restored, redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank you, God. So we need to understand, it's great for, for house cleaning. We pastored again in, in a church, and what we did is we spiritually swept the church. You know what that is? You're just walking through, and we're, Kim and I, and we got a couple people that we knew. They understood what was going on. We started from the back of the church, walking to the front towards the doors, and we just started, you know, like, like if you're sweeping, looking for something lost in a field. You know, I'm here, somebody else is here, somebody's there, and you're, you're just doing this. Well, we had in that church, I'd just taken that church over not too long ago, and there was uh, this lady, and her mother was a practicing witch. How many knows that's not a great heritage? And the lady that came to the church, 
we found out that she was doing that as well. She wasn't quite as strong as her mother, but she was practicing and she was riding both sides of the fence. We didn't know all that, but we found out through these gifts. And so this is what happened. We didn't tell her what we were doing. I don't even know how she got there and how she showed up. We were just doing this. This is on one evening. We're walking through and we're doing this. She comes from nowhere and comes in and she runs up to Pastor Kim and she says, make him stop, make him stop. It's almost like I'm melting. Ah, what a world, what a world. But she's like, make him stop. Tell him to quit. Tell him to stop. And she is frantic. And, and you got to love Kim. Because this is what Kim says. He's right over there. Go tell him yourself. That's what she says. He's right over there. Go tell him yourself. So she comes over to me. I never laid a hand on her. I never touched her. I never said anything. But I didn't say anything in English. I just kept doing. We just kept doing. We just like this. And she kept backing up. We just kept praying in tongues. Just doing, And she just like, no. And she went out the door and she never came back crazy but i'm telling you in the natural it's like that's nuts but i'd rather have that happen and let god drive that out because i'm telling you later we had church because the spirit of that was gone it's an awesome gift for house cleaning every time that we have ever bought a house We have went through and cleaned the house. Not physically. Well, yes, physically. But spiritually. I went to every closet, every window, every doorway, into every room. People say, every room? Every room. Why? Because I'm the priest of the home. And she agreed with me, and we went through, and we just said, Father, in Jesus' name, I bind and we began to bind any, because, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying there's not going to be anything going on in there that is not of God. We want God in every area of our life. So what we did is we bound and loosed. How many knows you have the keys and you can do that? So we began to do that. And we began to see God do amazing things. I've been called to do all kinds of stuff. I've had people come over and say, you... You need to come over. Weird things are happening in this room. I need you to come in. And I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what you're going to say, but you need. It's just weird. Doesn't happen till way at night and all that. Do you know you don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind? And they'd say, "Would you come?" And I, I would go. But here's the thing. I'm not going to live there. I'm going to go home when I'm done. What do you claim? to be Lord who's going to be head of your house you have to get the strong man taken care of because if he's the enemy he's going to do what you tolerate but it's when you say Lord you give me you tell me what to do you tell me how to do it you tell me where you tell me what and God would show us little fragments little segments do this do that there's power in communion because of what Jesus did on the cross. How many knows if the enemy knew, there's scripture that says if he knew what would have happened, he'd have never crucified him. Because it was, it was to the enemy's detriment. But it was to God's plan. So that you could live in victory. Bow your heads and close your eyes, please.